Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. We are back for part two of our 2020-2021 NBA season preview podcast. Uh, for those of you who didn't catch part one, shame on you if you didn't, um, you heard me and John talk about the Western Conference. But now I'm even more pleased to say that while John is back on the podcast, we're both joined by our good friend Neil to talk about the Western Conference. So you guys heard John on the last one as well as myself, but Neil, welcome aboard. Um, at the risk of making things gushy, while John and I had a very solid discussion about the West, we, we definitely missed your thought-provoking, or I should probably say shit-stirring provocations that makes the conversations that much more interesting. So glad to have you on board. I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, I missed you guys too. I was uh, not in good shape. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to be here today. I don't really have much to say about the West. I think we all know what's going to happen there. I absolutely yeah. hate it. But I think the East is actually far more interesting of a conference now. Even though um, even though at the risk of um, pissing you off, although I think you're much very realistic about it, your team being the Chicago Bulls are probably not even among the um, top 10 now that we've discussed the expansion of the playoffs. Um, to that extent. So we'll kind of just use that as a starting point. Uh, it's funny because like we always used to say that the bottom of the East are the dregs or like the teams that are just missing the playoffs. Like there's a pretty big drop off after the first you know, six or seven seeds after every year. And you could probably say that to a certain extent with like who's going to be the nine or the 10 seed, particularly the 10 seed. So John, I'll start with you kind of picking up from where we left off. Um, who do you have as nine and 10 uh, or the new two playoff teams in this new format? So for the wacky play-in tournament, I have uh, not the Bulls, uh, for one. I just even – I mean, I know Billy Donovan's a good coach and all. Is he? But he's not bad. I mean, he did a lot with Oklahoma City with uh, – I mean, or was that all just Chris Paul last year? But Chris so I have Paul them a out. great floor general, man. I, I, I don't know if there's a big compelling case or body of evidence to tell you that Billy Donovan somehow can like coax wins. He's on his still own. an upgrade over uh, Jimmy Boylan. 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 Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, uh, he was terrible. So I, I don't have... know, man, the, the Hawks dropped 83 on us in one half in the first okay. game of the season. Like, and well, we didn't even play in the bubble. Like, so <laughs> I, I would have the Hawks in as my nine and then I'd have Orlando as my 10. That is also how I have things shaping up on my end. Uh, if it's any consolation, Neil, I have, I have Chicago as 11. Um, I don't think that is any consolation. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're like, I'm guessing that we're better than the Hornets, Pistons, Knicks, and Cavs, right? I mean, I don't think anybody else, anybody is in particular, but I just can't buy, one, I can't buy Charlotte. Like that team, I don't know what that is. That is just, I mean, that's like, that's duct taping the Titan. That's not even duct tape. That's scotch taping. They're 25 and a half, and I would hammer the under on them. They're so, they, I, I don't know. Um, Gordon Hayward, man, like, I, did you, I mean, props for leaving mil. Boston, but like. He already broke his finger, right? Did, did he, he really? It? I'm not surprised. He's already injured. <laughs> that guy's just, I mean, I feel bad for him. I absolutely do not blame him for cashing them checks, but why would you go to, Charlotte, that just made zero sense whatsoever. I mean, cash the checks, dude. That's exactly. I know. I'd rather it. like. I'd rather get almost as much money and have gone to Indiana and been on a top. Possibly with him on their roster, they could be a top six or five seed. Too much pressure. I think if you go, if he goes to a contender, there's going to be too much pressure on him. 
I think right I, now. I didn't see him wire like a bitch like that. Like I, I didn't see that. I, I, I mean, I didn't see him to being like, you know, Jimmy I, Butler. It, like, that, that signing just made no, it made no sense for him. It made less sense for Charlotte. Like you're like, why are you signing Gordon Hayward? This, why are you allocating resources to this? You're not a good enough team. And for him, why are you on this team that's not good enough for you? Like it just, none of it made sense. Um, I'm going to come out with my hot take on Charlotte. Um, this is not a hot take at all. In fact, from a take perspective, this is a very, very mild, lukewarm take. What's in general from the grand scheme of things, um, whatever one of the fucking ball kids got drafted by the Charlotte Hornets, that kid's going to be a bust. That guy is going to be out of the league in four years. Just... No, he will not be out of the league because even Lonzo's going to make it to four years, and Lonzo's worse. I well, I still have a I have a weird irrational soft spot in my heart for Lonzo Ball, so I'm not going to I, I will not take that up. But like, we already discussed Lonzo court crazy shit that'll get them booted. I I don't I don't see that. There's just Lonzo actually tries on defense, right? Like he's yeah, maybe no, he's actually a pretty good defender, and he's actually a relatively intelligent basketball player. Right. I don't see anything. Lonzo's all flash. He's, Whatever. He's like, sprinkles and icing and there's no substance whatever mellow is or whatever the kid is mellow jello whichever one he is i don't remember whatever he is um he's just he's flashy passing which i usually love love pass first guys but like uh, that gets a bump i just he's wired like a bitch i mean he's just i don't know there's just something about him rose me the wrong way another one of the kids in this draft that i didn't like whatsoever it's inter- actually interesting to see wiseman put up some good uh look relatively competent in his first night with the with the Warriors while they're getting blown the fuck out by one of the teams that we will be talking about very shortly. Um, uh, your boy, Neil. So it's interesting just putting um kind of closing the bloop on Chicago, your boy, Arturas Karnasovas. Um, he basically, he's like, look, this is, you see this all the time in, in organizations that are on the brink of teardowns. Like he's like, this is a audition year for everybody. And we're just figuring out because, like, isn't OP three is is an, as a free agent after this year? Yes. And yeah. um, Back they're just is done after uh, the next year. They got to figure out if uh, if uh, your fucking Finnish guy, if he's um, if he's Sorry. if there's anything to him, or feel like he was just a rookie flash in the pan because like he hasn't progressed after that. And they didn't offer the, him the extension either. Nope. They're more bullish than you are, though. I will say about Wendell Carter. When, dude, I don't know, man. His preseason, he was chucking up threes, man. Like, I don't want you making threes. I want you like in the paint, grabbing boards, put doing putbacks. And he was Stop actually being old school, Neil. And Gafford is actually good. And I'm a big fan of Kobe White. I really hope that guy. Kobe White's a beast. Kobe White is dope. He's the only bull. He's the I only guy that's like safe there, or like building block there. Yeah. Besides well, your boy P Dub, who you just drafted, who like literally nobody knew about until 20 minutes before the draft. Yeah. Well, right. it's the Bulls. Yeah. No. Good times. Good, Good times. Good um, so then I think it's safe to say, well, and maybe it's not safe to say the, who are the next two teams or the, who would be the proverbial last two in, in a normal playoff year. So um, John, I'll, I'll see the floor back to you. Who do you have as seven and eight in the East? Well, can I first dunk on Atlanta? Dunk I, on Atlanta. I Please really hate on- them. To dunk um, all over them. So I, I granted they line. scored like 83 on the Bulls in the first half, which yeah, is great. Care. Congratulations. Good for you. That Not doesn't matter. Um, the, scoring a crap load of points doesn't matter. The Wizards were last year were a team that scored a crap load of points, but they, they weren't going to be a 30-plus win team. Atlanta has zero, zero players that can play defense. They have zero desire to play defense. They brought in 
more guys that are just going to block any other further development from uh, Hunter or Cam Reddish with Gallinari. I did like the Bogdan Bogdanovich signing. I really wanted him to be on Milwaukee because I thought he would have a greater impact there. He would have a huge impact there. Yeah, but he's he's good there. But again, it's another dude that doesn't play defense. I think Trey Young is just – he's just all flash, no substance, good stats, bad team, not somebody I'd want. And he couldn't even – I think Neil could score buckets on him. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, I, I, am, I am not a Trey Young person at all, but you're – um, um, first of all, Damn, I, I hate the guy. Your hatred warms the cackles of my heart. I, I, I will I start don't there. I get it. I just don't get the Hawks. Like they're they're well, not. They're still a year away, and they're not. Do you think any of the comparisons of Trey Young and Steph Curry are like? No, no, not no. even close. No, not even. Why? They're so lazy. Steph it's, Curry is a. Is, he's hand-eye coordination. He's a fucking assassin. Is Steph Trae Curry Young is not. He tries. He at least tries to play defense, and he moves his hips, and he tries to square up. He at least put I don't think effort. he can defend, man. I, I don't know, dude. He's, he's another one of the uh, score first. You know, like, you, you're not going to win with only a Steph. You're not going to win with only a Trey. I agree. I don't think any of the pickups really help them, but I do think they're actually going to get – I think they will make the playoffs. I think they're going to get the eight seed. I, I, don't, I, I don't see it. I, I think Kevin Herter – People are really, really, really projecting with Kevin Herter. Bogdan is fine. John Collins is fine. Clint Capella. like Cam Reddish. I don't like – I've never I, been a Cam, I, Cam Reddish People guy. are still high on Cam Reddish, and I'm like, the guy has shown oh. nothing. He no. showed nothing no. in Cam, college. He showed nothing last year. But people still think he has a load of potential, and I don't see it. He is he's a not going to see the court. He has a load of potential, but he's a milk carton guy. Like, he's going to go missing for long, 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 long periods of time. Like, nah. Cam Reddish is off the charts talented. From a raw numerical talent standpoint, he is off the charts talented. But, like, whether he applies any of it is completely different. Um, I did forget that they had DeAndre Hunter on that team. Um, I didn't yeah. take a close look, but there was not a ton of value in the rookie season. Uh, they got Neil's boy, Chris Dunn. I forgot about that one as well. I get rid of him. He's the um, only one that plays defense. Plays defense. And Gallinari. So it's one of those I mean, things, right? They've got a bunch of guys, like with Danilo Gallinari there. But yeah. um, you, so And Clint Capella. But, yeah. He's also hurt. <laughs> and he's just a bad fit. <laughs> it's well, like putting gonna... frosting on a peanut butter sandwich, right? Like, it just I, – I don't get it. Um, to, to, to John's topic, I don't um, – over or under 36 and a half is way too high on this. Like this is lock stock, stop, drop, open up shop on the under type of pick. Like there's no chance in hell that I would so ever. They're predicting them to be a 500 team. Cause we're, you know, calibrated to a 72 uh, game season. And I don't, that's not a 41, I, 41 win team. No, no, I don't think so. They're like a 38 win team. It's like they're frisky, but they're not. Right. Exactly. Like it, it, you could see, I know this sounds silly if it, cause you're almost splitting hairs here, but it's like best case scenario, you see them scratching out 39, 40 wins, right. In a regular, in the regular world. And that's not the equivalent to 36 and a half wins in this scenario. So on FanDuel, you can bet who will make the play in tournament. And I would wager that they would make the play in tournament, but that's the only wager I'd put on Atlanta. Yeah, I think, as you said, they're better than Orlando, and they're better, sorry, you know, they're better than Chicago, but, and then they're definitely better than the bottom four in Charlotte, New York, Detroit, right. and Cleveland. Um, but, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, not not so much. So did you have then the Wizards as one of your seven or eight seeds? Number seven or number eight seeds? Yeah, definitely. Because I, I mean, the Wizards played last year without a, a true point guard, and without defense? now they have what's that? And no defense. And they actually have a top fifteen player coming in. I really, I actually still, you know, I, I would love to have seen what Wall could have done with this team. That's not going to happen. They have Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's a good player. He's way better than starting Ish Smith, who is kind of just meh. And then uh, Rui. Oh my God, Rui can't conjunctivitis break. Conjunctivitis. Who Isn't gets conjunctivitis? Like, how do you get that? Isn't everybody like sanitizing their hands? He and must not touching their face. There's he somebody... must have done some Dwayne Haskins ass face stuff, man. Like, I don't, I don't know what he did. Do you have any kids? I mean, did he get a hot Carl or something? Yeah, <laughs> oh my god! Like, how do you get that? Like in today's day, how do you get that? And he's so he's out for three weeks. So now our our boy Denny is uh, gonna gonna see some serious minutes. He was getting some starting minutes. He he hasn't looked terrible in his, in the opening night. Isak Bonga started. Oh man, Isak, Well, I think Isak Bonga is gonna. He started a lot at the three last year because Scotty Brooks hates Troy Brown. Absolutely hates Troy Brown, which I don't get. I'll never understand it. I, it tr- Troy Brown must have done unspeakable things to one of Scotty Brooks's children because I, I don't know that I've ever seen a coach hate irrationally a player so much for no conspicuous or overt reason. Oh, I've seen I've seen coaches hate players, but not for a conspicuous reason. Right, like there's nothing like it. The 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 lack of Troy Brown development or opportunity to develop or like misuse of him is, is egregious. And I mean, you know, Scotty Brooks is never one to have well thought of rotations. That's one of the things that was always a trouble of his in Oklahoma city. That's very much the case following him right here in Washington. Um, Hopefully he learned from Russell Westbrook's practice ethics. It's, I mean, irrespective of that, it's like he just doesn't understand how to use the two of them. He's basically like we were joking, we've joked for years that it's like, uh, you know, he hands he handed the ball to Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant back then and said, you know, hey, me, you know, save me, Jesus, save me, Tom Cruise, and like just hope for the best after that. I uh, has 15 assists assists in his debut, and the Wizards are still losing, at least as of where I'm turning around right now. So, Russell Westbrook, of course, has a triple double in his uh first start with the Wizards and the career triple double leader for the Washington Wizards slash Bullets franchise is Daryl Walker with 15 and Russell Westbrook is going to probably top that by what March I was going to say St. Patrick's Day in a short <laughs> yeah. season in a short season too isn't that amazing he's going to become the career triple double I'm shocked John Wall didn't John Wall got John Wall was a double double machine. Not yeah, I was gonna say never big machine. rebound numbers. Not a big six four. So that's why um, I'm kind of surprised, but not surprised. I don't know. Uh, I definitely I don't see the Wizards. So the Wizards could easily get the seven, and it, and unless one of the teams, <clears throat> Toronto ahead of them, like completely takes a dump, I do not see the Wizards getting not being in the play in tournament. They're, I think they're I think they're a lock for That's the play a lock tournament. By virtue of the Westbrook edition alone. That's a lock. Right. But I don't see them getting higher. I don't see them elevating themselves to avoid the play in tournament. 
I have them at the eight seed because for many of the reasons you just outlined, but, and you also actually touched on this one as well. I have them at the eight seed because I don't know that they're better than any of the other seven teams in front of them. Like I cannot make a convincing argument to say that they're, be- that they're definitively better. It's funny because you touched on one of the teams that I think people are kind of are overrating a little bit. Um, so I have Indiana at seven. I could easily move them up to six uh, in terms of as far. See, you're, I know there's a lot of bad juju around the team, but I feel like in the, there's a universe where like, this is a decent team, right? Like they're a high ceiling, low floor team though. Indiana is right. I, I will agree. So the floor, so what, what, what do you consider to be the low floor or why do you consider them to be a low floor? I think my biggest low floor reason in terms of the fact that they're also kind of thin on the bench to a large extent. Um, although you can make an argument two ways about that, but it's also just the whole Victor Oladipo thing goes to poo poo. It's that plus they've, they've got four dudes that want the ball at the same time and they're not all four studs. So you have, uh, uh, Sabonis, TJ Warren, uh, Oladipo and, oh, I forget, and, and Miles, <laughs> Miles Turner, who, who they actively shopped as hard I- as they could. And they've and never figured out how to use him and Sabonis together. Right. So there's just a lot of weirdness. The reason why they have a high ceiling is because – so they got rid of Nate McMillan, who's not a terrible coach, but they had – they were one of the most inefficient offenses in the entire league. They took some of the least three amount of three-pointers in the league. So just by virtue of better shot selection, they can improve offensively, and that's why I think they have a high ceiling. And I can't even pronounce their coach's name. He's another. He's like Nate Bjorgen or something like that. Or... Yeah, he has a he has a J and like the letters that no one uses in the alphabet, like in the Slavic alphabet. I would like you know rehearse my Swedishness. Uh, is there I talk that Dan Tony was going to go there? No, because they Dan Tony was like kind of like a late. I think they had already made their hire before Houston kind of and Dan Tony reached their agreement. Okay. I think it, so. Indiana sounds like, from what I remember, Indiana sounded like they were trying to go after him, and like it, it, the feeling wasn't as mutual. Okay. Bjorken, Bjorkren, Nate Bjorkren. So you, you have the Hawks, and then uh, at nine, and then the Wizards at eight. I have the Wizards at eight, and I have the Pacers at seven. Um, to kind of move from there, so I think if the Pacers hit their ceiling. They're like a 42-43 win in an 82-game situation type of um, team. I, I Now, my, team, my sentiments towards this team are well-documented in prior podcasts, but I have a very hard time seeing the hype around Toronto. I feel like we're just – they're still kind of running on the fumes of that title run from, you know, one, two seasons ago. I guess it would be officially a season and a half ago. Well, that was a damn good run, though. It was a wonderful run in, in what they did to Golden State, what they did to Philadelphia, what they did to Milwaukee, like all the credit in the world to them. And it was one of those things where the sum was greater than that of the individual parts in terms of the way they played. Not, to, But that being said, the individual parts played their ass off. But now if you sit and look at this team, if you if you were to somehow just erase what they did a couple of years ago, which I know is a stupid argument, but... What am I supposed to expect from Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Aaron Baines? A 35-year-old Kyle Lowry has tons of mileage left. 34, 35, potato, potato. Yes. Yeah. It's actually efficient, but, I mean, 
I never expected Pascal Siakam to be any good. Like, I just thought he was a victim of, like, you know, Kawhi and Lowry and just just random dude. And he's but the top 20 player in the NBA. Last year, he showed up. Last year, he proved me wrong. And then he tailed he, off. He did tail off. Van Vliet, I think, is the one who's going to have to take another leap. I don't know if he can do that. I don't know. He got paid from taking whatever leap, and I don't know if that to Neil's and he has point. Physical limitations, i.e., he's short. I mean, nice player, Nick Nurse. You know, he he knows how to get the most out of his guys, but like, I don't see this as like a forty-one win team in a seventy-two win season. Like, their over under is forty-one and a half, and I'm sorry, I just don't see it. As as John said, a thirty-four-year-old point guard, um, we. We have to see a full season out of OG and Anobi or like to get a consistent, like have a more of a track record for us to believe that he can be the second banana on a top six team. And after that, you're asking a lot of Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet and kind of the rest of the backstreet boys over there. Right. Like I just, zero bigs. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just, I, I don't see it. About Aaron Baines. They got right. Aaron Baines and Chris Broussard. Alex Len. Right, Alex Len. Oh, right? God, I forgot about Alex Len. Wow, what a great Maryland fa- failure. That's the only reason I remember him is my Maryland days. Yeah. <laughs> when I was down there and you guys ripped on them. <laughs> yeah. So they, so they definitely lost depth. and they lo- I mean, Serge was a, was a big-time player for him. And during the regular season, Marcus Gasol was an excellent player and knew what, what needed to happen on defense. But they have no depth now. So, I, yeah, I could definitely see Toronto sliding, but you just can't bet against Nick Nurse. Why do you, yeah, I guess the question I have now is why do you not take the tandem of Beal and Westbrook over this, the Raptors team? Because Nick Nurse has actually proven to be a good coach. Right, and Scotty Brooks is a terrible coach. Scotty Brooks is not a good coach. Like, and just, he is a lame duck coach. I would, it's, I would be surprised if he is back next season. So we talked about it. I, it, yeah, we talked about in the, in the Westbrook podcast, right? Where we're like, yeah. okay, so what's your end game here? Because you have Westbrook for this year, and obviously it's a couple years after that at the minimum. Scott Brooks is a lame duck coach. I think people will, for whoever gives a shit about the Wizards, they will pick it, you know, they'll riot and tiki torch themselves towards the, you know, towards monumental sports or whatever if they decide to keep Scott Brooks. So let's say you do decide to part ways with Scott Brooks. One of the reasons why you're comfortable bringing Westbrook here was because of his relationship with Scott Brooks. And it just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You should never pair a player and a coach because they like each other. That's no, I agree. (laughs) Especially when you don't like the coach. Right. Like when, when the Lakers were like, we got to get Ty Lue because LeBron loves him. And I'm like, no, that's not a reason to hire Ty Lue. And I think Frank Vogel worked out quite well for them. I mean, Anthony Davis and LeBron James worked out quite well for them. Well, but Frank Vogel at least could have coached a level of defense for the Lakers. I could have coached that team and they would have won. Uh, he is actually, Vogel is doing a good job of coaxing the defense out of them. By the way, as an aside, I've been lately watching a lot of the um, All That Smoke podcast from Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, and I would recommend it to you guys. It's on it's YouTube. Hilarious. It's actually quite good because those two do not give a fuck. Right. They, they <laughs> do they? not, they give no fucks are given whatsoever. And it is highly enjoyable. They both won rims. Captain right? Jack. Uh, Matt Barnes. I don't think Matt Barnes won he went with the, with the Warriors. He got one with Golden State, the first right. Warriors. Was he with the first Golden Warriors? Okay, yeah. So then and, then, and then Captain Jack was with, got him with the Spurs. With the, with the Spurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then they don't give a shit. 
yeah, yeah that's he, awesome he just does not and they they're, they're the interviews are really good they talk a lot about like you know because uh, matt barnes played against uh, excuse me played against and with kobe bryant and then stephen jackson was a member of the spurs team stephen jackson talks about playing for pop and it's 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 very entertaining you'll, you'll enjoy it and, like it's very um it's very raw so they'll be on and then they had this long their best episode far and away is when they brought kevin garnett on because if you want to talk about three people who give no fucks whatsoever it's the three of them and uh that was that it was just it was riveting and kevin garnett is a such an underrated storyteller in terms of his time in the nba that like um is that when they told them about the Jordan story? Is, yes, that was one of them when he told about the yeah. Jordan story. But he told us about like he talked about how he like he was when he was doing his free agency thing and he wanted to actually go play with Kobe and Kobe was like, "Nah, I'm good. Fuck you," you know, like I, you know, basically not like not literally like that, but basically like Kevin Garnett was kind of like, "Yo, what are you about? Think of this idea," and he's like, "Kobe never responded to me about like, you know," and he's like, "All right, well, I guess I'll just go to Boston then." Um, it, like that literally was one of the things that Garnett talked about. So it's uh, it, it's an enjoyable thing. Find it on YouTube. All that's all the smoke. I think it's all the smoke. Yeah. And um, anyway, that sorry that popped into my head. But um, highly enjoyable there. We were talking about um, where are we on number? So we were talking about the Raptors. The Raptors. Which which I have six. Yeah, I have it six. I, I there is a world as I said. I could see them falling as low as eight, but exactly what John said to reiterate that. Like, um, I just, I'm not going to bet Nick, a bet against Nick nurse in that capacity. Like I think he, he is enough, his schemes and his ability to coax the most out of the guys he has is enough to kind of, you know, get a few fake wins, if you will, out of them. Um, this is the team I struggled with the most. Um, it was easier for me earlier in the off season as we started to get closer tip off i struggled with them the more and more and more the two teams I actually struggled with the most maybe three um i i have brooklyn at five and i don't like it right now and i don't like i don't them. have them at five i can't put i can't put them at five i mean it i can totally see the argument because a a Kyrie team Kyrie's never healthy he's, he's never had a healthy season really a Kyrie led team is never gonna win anything but a kevin durant led team will but how healthy is Kevin Durant? A lot. So number one, because of the addition, the, the less games this season, there's going to be more rest for him. They've already made it on top of that because the NBA only gave like the players three to six weeks off to begin with this year uh, from the, from the bubble. So they've already been more lenient in terms of their um, ability to rest players. And from all accounts, like Kevin Durant was one of those guys in fact, it was funny because, like, the Charles Barkley interview last night. I don't know if you saw any of the clips. Yeah, that. dude, that was so – dude, he hates he hates the media right now. Oh, it's, it's, it was, on Kyrie, it was painful. Yeah. Um, that Charles Barkley face was a great meme. Great meme. Um, but it, it's basically he all but confirmed in whatever way he did that, like, look, he was fine for quite some time, and he kind of just took his time to get back on the court and get right. And if that's the case, man, like when we had 22 and 26 minutes or something last, last night or 26, yep. some number of that, 28, you know, 20. right? I mean, if Kevin Durant is one of the top five players in the NBA, again, like where he was prior to the injury, holy shit, right? And especially in a kind of watered down Eastern Conference. Yeah, I don't oh. think anybody had, in the NBA has ever had 18 months to come back from an Achilles. And like a low key 18 months to boot. Yeah. Like no one was like Derek Rose got so much shit as you were very well aware of for taking as much time as he did to recover from his injury and got like almost an unnecessary level. It's interesting to see like Durant was almost immune from that. Not to a certain extent. He became, he's become a villain as we just talked about, but um, 
uh, if he if that extra time off afforded him to get closer to prime Kevin Durant or whatever prime is right now, that's a scary, scary team. And I could definitely see them going up at least into the top four teams, if not, frankly speaking, a little higher than that. I have top three. I have them in the top three. I don't have them top You don't two. have them as the top? Nope. Only because they're going to rest. I could concede. I'm not first. saying they're going to, but I, I still think Milwaukee, so I'm like way jumping ahead. I still think Milwaukee will get the top seed. But I absolutely, I would ha- I have the Nets at the two. Because I think, I think Durant is going to have an MB, MVP level season because yeah. he's just, because he's a killer. He's a straight up killer. Yeah. Like and I said, I have them at five and I, I don't like it. I you don't, should not like it. That, I don't know. That's, that's that is ridiculous. They should not be lower than three. Five is criminal. You're so a criminal. Heatles. I have the Heatles at five. You have the Heatles at five. Fascinating. I think they're going to have that championship, the championship run hangover. I think they're going to be tired. Um, yeah. I honestly think they're just going to have their eyes on the playoffs because they're going to think they can do it again. Yeah. That's I don't think point. Jimmy Butler's going to turn it on during the regular season. I mean, he was a monster. Dude, he was in that so bubble. Filthy. He oh, was like, like literally he was my favorite basketball player ever. Like in the last, well, you know, he was I just understand. so incredible to watch. Yeah. You, you wanted to root for him. I don't care if you hated him. If you hated him before the bubble, you loved him during the bubble because he was you just couldn't you could not love him. I mean, he played so hard every second. He made coffee for all his boys and then overcharged them. Twenty dollars a cup coffee. <laughs> and when they asked him and when Rachel Nichols asked him that like Rachel Nichols asked him, Why could why are you charging twenty dollars a coffee twenty dollars a cup of coffee? He's like, Look, man, we all got the money to pay for, so that ain't a concern. They they were the team waiting for Giannis. And Giannis ain't coming Giannis since ain't he coming. signed the extension. And I don't know who they're waiting for. They could maybe sneakily make a trade for James Harden. Oh God, not he's gonna somebody ruin. else. That would be I, James Harden would. Harden be in South Beach. Didn't the report come out yesterday that they stopped, or did, or did the report come out that they're pursuing? I saw a bunch of them in the corner of my eye that they're, that they're in. It's close. Rockets? Who's they? Didn't Miami stop their pursuit of James Harden? Oh, I would hope so. I don't remember that one. I know the Rockets are expanding the teams. That the Rockets talking. don't give a fuck who they trade them to. They'll take the best assets they can get. Let's pull up Woj's time. But when you when you talk when you, when you're trading to a contender, you might actually get a semi decent player out of it too. But um, I mean, if they're trying to just rebuild, which I think they are at this point, which really sucks for John Wall. I'm really sorry I missed the West. Uh, discussion, but I hope that came up. But um, man, the uh, I don't want the heat. I don't think I think Jimmy Butler and James Harden would just fight each other on day one, man. Because like Jimmy's gonna show up at the gym at five. James Harden's gonna show up with his fat ass at nine a.m. or whatever, an hour after practice starts. But Russ and and Harden worked out so well, and Russell Westbrook's more in tune with Jimmy Butler. It'll be fine. I don't think they worked out that well, obviously. No, yeah. they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. I didn't, I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. Yeah, yeah. No, they did not work out at all. And, like, that. that's the – so, like, one of the big boosts of, of Russ Westbrook coming to the Wizards is the fact that he has that work ethic and hopefully it rubs off on some of these guys, um, mainly Denny, because I think he has the most potential to accelerate this team's uh, Yeah, I mean, Miami just lost to Orlando, dude. Yeah. So they, they're not, I mean, my, I don't know. I, I, 
Miami will make the playoffs, and then they'll. I think they'll give a shit because they have nothing okay. to prove. But I mean, That's they still I, have the the Heat culture. That whole like, the whole thing about like I don't give a crap until the playoffs though. That's just starting to really bother me about just watching the NBA. I don't think teams teams no longer want to win every single game they play, and I oh. feel like they did. Um, you know, my nostalgia days, but now it's just you mean like, in the nineties. Yeah, when basketball was like, you know, let's beat the crap out of the other team, like literally. Um, now it's just like, yeah, let's just like lay down in our hyperbolic chambers and just wait till the playoffs, fellas. Eat some it's peanut like, butter and jelly on. sandwiches. Give me a break, dude. Did you read the story about all the like the like the high tech affinity for coffee and like how coffee's also become the thing, like the other culture and there's like peanut butter and jelly is obviously the thing as john just alluded to but uh, coffee is the other one right where like they're like now they're becoming like, these super duper coffee nerds right and some are like no you have to use an arrow press and some are like no the french press is the best method and some are like no you have to like get it just below like because coffee needs to be at i think 190 degrees like for optimal de- you know for optimal temperature you should never bring it up to boiling and like all of these like that's their other thing now it's like coffee and it's just black coffee because you know, it's natural caffeine and, and stuff like that. So that's their other PED, if you will. But uh, there's a, another great story about that one. Like, it's a big culture among NBA teams now. And like, they have to grind I did it not just the right hear that. I am. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, but I'm sad. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I knew they were all big wine snobs, too. Well, that's because LeBron. Le- LeBron brought that on. Like, that's his thing. <laughs> Because it, it's another like business venture for all of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, ooh, I'm gonna have a winery. So Looks like, every dog sells wine, dude. Yeah. yeah. D Wade, Carmelo, like everybody has like a, a a winery. I sound like my every time I try to drink wine, I sound like Michael Michael Scott from The Office, and I'm like, oh, this is a smoky afterbirth. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the it's like me with like about? like fancy whiskey. I'm like, yeah. this is good. I can taste burnings. It doesn't burn my throat. It tastes like burning. That's it, everything. It's occasionally, I catch like a vanilla or caramel hint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, I had bossed. Uh, excuse me. So I probably, I probably drank too much of the anti Kyrie Irving bleach in a glass. Um, but you, as much as it begrudges me to say this, forget what of a basketball player he is at the end of the day. And again, just like with the rest of the parts that they have assembled around them, like that team can be nasty. Uh, I don't know how far they go in the playoffs. I mean, Irving, uh, excuse me, Durant's proven to be a champion by virtue of winning one with them. The, the overlook the there, though, is if they're healthy in the playoffs, you have Levert running the second unit. Right. And he's that, an all-star caliber player. Which is insane. Like that, that's actually a, a, a leg up on so much of the competition. You have Joe um, Harris hitting open jumpers because nobody's guarding him with, with Kyrie and KD on the floor. And you have a very good center not named DeAndre Jordan on yep. the roster. With the best hair. Oh, man, I wish I had his hair right now, dude. Like, Jared Allen. Just eh, so, boom, the big old pro. I Jared just Allen's a nice player, too. I really, He's an excellent I, player. Thank you, Boyan Bogdanovich. Do you think I they're going to go for Harden? I forgot about that. I think it's on the table, but it's – I mean, if you're putting a first-year coach like Steve Nash and um, – who is the assistant? It's Mike D'Antoni's assistant Mike there, D'Antoni right? D'Antoni is right, the yes. offensive coach oh, for them. So that's insane. I cannot understand how they pulled this off 
that Mike D'Antoni, like, this is it just like a like a mentorship that he's doing for Steve Nash? Like, I is he just doing him a solid? And he's yeah. gonna, there's no way he does this for more than one season, right? It's kind of like when you're like you get hired to be like a like yeah. to be a director, but like the guy who should be the director is kind of like your subordinate, but it's really him that's who's in charge. So their offense should be sick with D'Antoni. Well, and who's defense will be non-existent? But pass the ball. Like, who's going to take the shots? Like. I mean, I think Harden. Everybody will, takes the shot. But Harden, remember, Harden will then require uh, the Houston Rockets to get exactly all the people we just mentioned in their second unit. They have zero depth after them. Like so, Harden is not adding. Harden is not one plus one plus one equals three, right? Like it's not. I, I don't. I think that's overkill because as history has proven time and time and time and time and time again, when you have a big three, you have a big two and a half, and somebody has to take the half seat. And none of those three are going to take the half seat. Not one of them, right? Um, I think the two. I think, I think. I think Durant. The more you think about it, that Durant can play with someone who is even as ball centric as Kyrie. Because remember, at the end of the day, Durant just came off a system when the Warriors. Granted, there's so much more ball movement there, but like Durant spent his formative years playing with Russell Westbrook. He's going to understand that type of player. I don't think. Um, that's going to be as much of a concern, but I think adding Harden while it's wonderful on paper and it gives, you know, things to, for people to cream their pants to, I don't, I think it's overkill. Like, I think that it's, it's too much. It it is too much. It's gluttony. It only works if you trade Kyrie for Harden. Cause I hate Kyrie. But if you, (laughs) as stupid as this sounds and like you, if you had like a, a Kemba Walker type of point guard there, who is as much a facilitator as he is a, you know, somebody who can be a scorer there, not Kemba Walker with a knee injury, which we'll talk about shortly, but like Kemba Walker, just the concept of him, that would work. But again, it's just, it's too much. Even a Chris Paul type of player would just be too much there, let alone someone who is as ball dominant as Kyrie Irving. I don't, so from a basketball standpoint, I do not advocate a trade. I don't think one is going to happen, but you know, let's say things go off a little bumpy in Brooklyn and like somebody's and like Milwaukee is like, you know, off to a red heart start and they want to kind of do something to steal some market share or attention. I think anything's on the table at that point. Couldn't it be the parachute for him though? Like, let's say things don't work out and Kyrie is a bitch that we all know he is. Ship his ass to Houston and bring in James Harden. That's also the possibility there too. Because Kevin it's Durant, as far as we know, board. is still really good friends with James Harden as far as we know. Yeah. As far as we know, that's exactly it. And apparently Kyrie and KD are also boys. So it's like, you know, and I don't know, KD has shown a lot more loyalty to his buddies than he has to, like, basketball at times, I feel. I don't know. He did take the ultimate basketball sacrifice to go play for the greatest team ever. And one finals MVP. Like, dude knows how good he is. Like, he's got two finals MVPs on the greatest, the second greatest basketball team. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, I, but that that team was also willing to defer to Kevin Durant because they knew how good he was. Uh, I, I have to take the Warriors over over the '86 Celtics just because. I mean, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant, um, and and the in the nut kicker, and Draymond. So Draymond Green is done. His, yeah, he's, he's cooked. cooked. He's cooked. he is so cooked. It's not even funny. The guy can't. He didn't see the court last year. He's not going to see the court this year. He's finished. He's People just finished. Like realize like that he's not as good as they tried to make him out to be. And that, he just can't get on the floor. He's always he was, hurt. 
I didn't even think he was that great, like in general, man. Like he made his he was, plays, but I as soon as like he became number two, you just know he was he wasn't even ready to step no, up. He's, I mean, he was a double double guy. He's he's gonna give you ten points, he's gonna give you twelve rebounds, and he's gonna do other things on top yeah. of that. Some you know Ben Wallace, you remember Ben Wallace? He's like he was a double double guy, and he's like, Look, all I gotta do is get a rebound and a put back every single quarter, and they're gonna pay me my money. And maybe I got to get another defensive rebound and outlet to a point guard. Suddenly you're at eight and eight with just a putback, a, a, a rebound and right. a putback, and then a, a, re, a defensive rebound and an outlet. Is a double-double really that hard? Like, why is a double-double so hard? The average and the consistency of it can be difficult. To, I understand yeah. why. It, it, that, it's the, more consistency the consistency of doing that can be difficult and, and actually getting the minutes on the court not fouling out. <laughs> well, there is, so there's a lot of effort, 100%. There's a lot of not, not kicking. There's a lot of not kicking. <laughs> so the, the Draymond nut kicking video game is one of my favorites, where you just go around <laughs> trying to kick everybody in the nuts. Just beautiful. It's sad there's not more video games around there where it's just like you're not running around people, sh- shouting at people saying, let go of my purse and kicking them in the gonads. So my kids watch like videos of video games all the time. And it's like drives me nuts. Cause it's like, why can't you watch it? Like Draymond Green kicking people in the nuts. That at least is entertainment. They're watching like video games. I'm never going to let them play. Oh man. I told, I, I totally banned Jay from that. I don't even want to talk about parenting right now. Yeah. We'll uh, skip parent corner for, for another episode. Who do you guys have it for then? I have the Sixers. Yeah, it's got to be Philly. Wow, I have Boston at four. Oh, I, I don't do, trust. I don't trust. I, I could see. I could totally see that. I do not like the bulky knee of the aforementioned Kemba, uh, Kemba Walker. That's a good. Yeah, they don't need him. I, I get it. So the one that I, I have a hard they time. They haven't had him. They haven't had him since he signed his contract. They don't need him. I know everyone loves him. He went to Duke. He went to Boston. I just I have I have a hard time accepting Jason Tatum. Hates. Like I have a hard time accepting Jason Tatum. I'm like I understand good. everyone loves him. Oh, I understand oh. all of these things. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Walker was gonna. Uh, Tatum's good, man. Tatum's like Tatum's good. I I understand. And he can get better. That's the scary part. He can get better. But let's say so. Let's just Jalen Brown the can get better. Jalen Brown can also step up. That's the thing. And Marcus Smart can fill in. And fill some of the holes that Kem- so he can do things that Kemba Walker can't do play defense, and Tatum and Brown can fill fill in for the scoring. I don't see how this group like okay, so I get it right. Like I know I'm also I've never been a Marcus Smart guy mostly because he plays in Boston, right? But like I just I I find the lineup of Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Daniel Theus or whoever else mans their fifth spot to be one yeah. of the four best teams in the East. I just I have a hard time recognizing the transcendence of Jason Tatum. They played enough together um, where they know exactly what they need to do. I get it. Brad Stevens, a good coach. Blah blah blah. Consistency. Yeah. Tristan Thompson is a very good ad for them. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Provides some some big depth that they didn't have, and kind of fits better with. I love that the they're other trying, wings that they're a, uh, hoping things from the Time Lord. Oh God. Yeah. I don't know why. So Danny Ainge, as far as, so he drafted Brown, he drafted Tatum. Excellent job. 
all his other draft picks, garbage. Just pure garbage. A lot of his other moves have been garbage, too. Right? Yeah, he really has. I mean, he's he still done a great job. Because, like, nobody's going to go 100 for 100. I think most of these GMs are going to, like, what, bat 300? 300. And he's done that. I still have a hard time. Tell me more about Gershon Yabuselli and, like, how that one's supposed to be, like, a you know, some genius pick. I think uh, there's Romeo a lot. Romeo Langford is an excellent basketball play. No. Taco Fall. No, Taco. Whoever, all the three draft picks they had in the first round this year are going to be excellent players. Yeah. So they're going back to the All That Smoked podcast, going because it relates back to Boston. So Kevin Garnett was talking about how, like, he was having these conversations with Danny Ainge about, like, potentially coming to Boston. And Garnett was like, all right, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously concerned. He goes, but you can't trade that African boy. And he's just like, African boy, are you talking about? He's like, you know, a little African kid. He runs around. He's really wiry stuff. He goes, he's, he's kind of good. Don't trade the African guys. Like, he's like, Kevin, we don't have anyone from Africa on the team. He goes, we, he goes Rondo? he's like, Rondo is his name, Rondo or something like. That. <laughs> he's like, his name is Rajon Rondo. I thought he was from Africa, right? <laughs> oh my god. Well, it's a good thing he didn't trade Rajon Rondo. No, he was like, I re- he's like, he really liked Garnett's. Like, you can't put Rondo right. in the package to send me, you know, to, to go back to Minnesota. He's like, no, you got to keep Rondo there. Good call by Kevin by KG. Yeah, but it was just really funny. He's like, you're a little African kid. Um, yeah, sorry, that popped in my head with Boston, but yes, Kevin Garnett was was very entertaining in, in that regard. Um, yeah, I, I maintain. So um, I also have. Their over-under is 45 and a half. And I think even Bill Simmons bet this on the under. So I was, that made me chuckle. Um, but I, I have them as an under team. On that was that, a reverse I, jinx. The only reason oh, he bet the under was a reverse jinx. Yeah, fuck him then. Yeah, I, I, no, he's being a bitch. He'll bet the under, but it's, how much under, right? I mean, maybe they go. Two wins, two to three wins. Yeah, it's, it's not like they're going to be like 10 wins underneath it. But like, yeah, two to three wins. Um, I had Boston for, I don't know if anything else. Uh, I mean, so they're solid. I think you guys made a great point that they know who they are. Um, they do everything at a above average, if not honestly, a well above average team. Like last year, they were fourth in offensive efficiency, fourth in defensive efficiency as well. Um, I know Gordon Hayward was never really the piece for them that they envisioned, but like, I think that costs them something because it's not like they all of a sudden subbed in someone as a viable replacement. They're just hoping more for Marcus Smart, who like that's a double-edged sword to me. But again, I'm not a Marcus Smart guy. That guy plays his heart out every night. That's, he does. Yeah. He just can't fucking shoot. He's yeah. just, he's one of those guys he plays his heart out, but like it's, again, the keep not using the same metaphor, but double edged sword. Like sometimes it's great and sometimes it costs you. You know, he's going to huck up the three when he, that's the last person you want hucking up the three. Um, I had Miami at three, actually. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't you know. love Eric Spolstra, don't you? I do love Eric Spolstra. Oh, I, I don't blame, blame you. Spo is a beast. I will die on the hill of Spolster being one of the three best coaches in the NBA, if not slightly higher than that. Yeah. I know that their team is – okay, so, like, it's another one of those things where if you look at the starting five, like, all right, Goran Dragic, Tyler Arrow, Jimmy Butler, Kelly Olenek, he who shall not be named, and Bam Adebayo. We forget what a two-way demon Bam Adebayo was until he got injured last year, right? And um, I, I recognize the bench again, like, you're talking about Myers, Leonard, Mo Harkless, Duncan Robinson, and whatever is left of Andre Iguodala. Um, I continue to be, I, I'm still holding on to my last little apartment on Avery Bradley Island. 
Um, I know he's like well, well, well past his prime, but I still think that's a nice fit for what they're trying to accomplish there. But um, that's not a bad playoff I, bench. Dragic didn't even start today. Who didn't start? Dragic. Yeah, they started Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Wow. So, Spo is doing some already some chess moves like with his second unit and stuff, man. I love that if he's trying to put any load management on on on, uh, on Goran Dragic, it's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, the guy played twenty five minutes, so he's still playing. Right, it. but I, I mean, it's thank, thank, thankfully he did because I had him in my fantasy basketball lineup. No, he dropped twenty, man. He did pretty well. <laughs> great success. <laughs> the thing that I kind of go back to is: was their run last year kind of like did they? What did they max themselves out? Like it's almost like the heat, the lightning in a bottle thing, where they're like, you know, they just everything kind of clicked at the right time and clicked on all cylinders and just got yes. really, really hot. Yes. And like, is that sustainable? You know. Well, remember they weren't like a lot of people overlooked them a little bit during. I the think regular. everybody overlooked them because it was everybody all about Boston, it was all about Boston, now, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. Now they're all gonna like play hard against them. They're tired. I just don't. I I just don't see them getting as many wins. Granted, they're still better than. A large chunk of the East, but I mean, they're they're going to be exhausted. Man. I don't think it's. I think they're going to have a game plan for them. They're going to be like, hey, let's just like take Jimmy Butler out of the game, take Jimmy Butler out of the game, and then see what the rest of the team does. So my counter argument is the Heat are the best conditioned team in the NBA. They use their analytics I a lot. Don't think they're going to be exhausted. Why do you say they're the best conditioned team? Because they drill the hell out of their players. They, they are have smart people running the organization. Who is the um, – oh, I'm blanking on the one of their forwards that was like – like if guys come in overweight, like they you get a hammer. It's not Haslam. Oh, man. I'm like he was on the Bulls for a little bit. Whatever. It doesn't matter. James Johnson? Yes. Yeah. He came in. He had a good year. But the year before, he came in. He came in fat. <laughs> and they, his, he couldn't see the court. Because they wouldn't allow it, because he couldn't meet their conditioning drills. Imagine now James Harden going there. <laughs> couldn't meet their conditioning drills. Oh my god, that would be awesome! And now I want him to go there just to see the, 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 the fallout of that hole. The only so, place James Harden sprints in the off season like, is to the buffet table. Man, like that guy is like, what? You're a professional athlete. The, can we talk about like the the whole thing about James Harden right now? Yes, let's like, do that. It's quite comical that he was out supporting one of his girls, and they're it just having to It's not a strip club. It's just a club. And she's becoming club. the boss. But, it, yes, she's – and I had to support her, even though there were more than the allowable people that I'm allowed to be around getting paid millions of dollars. I have very strict rules, and I couldn't do it because I had to be around these hoochie mamas. I <laughs> – he already he already had but, COVID. Maybe he thought he was exempt from the rules. Well, but, well, clearly he's not because you can you can. I don't know. I, dude, I know that's somebody crazy. that's had it twice now. Just follow the damn rules so you can collect the checks. Like that's really all. You... Right, and just get your blowies on the side. Come on, man. Just have them come to your room. It's not that hard. Isn't that what Instagram is for? Right. Like exactly. Get so DM hookups. Call it a day. Get your COVID test. Just Play the next sure game. Just make sure you don't take pictures of it in your hotel room like a certain uh, quarterback. Haskins. <clears throat> what an idiot. What an idiot. Yeah. So this I don't even want to talk about Dwayne Haskins. This, so this, this clearly isn't hard, but literally they postponed a basketball game 
because James Harden was hanging out with Hose, and then John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins were getting their hair cut at another player's um, apartment or place or whatever. So you had all these, like, people. It's like, dudes, just don't hang out. And well, it's the, this is exactly what we expected out of the Rockets, dude, when we saw all three of them converge. <laughs> this is yeah. like, this, this couldn't be any better. The first thing they do is get a game postponed. What a boon for the Opening Houston area night. clubs. Opening night. The Houston area clubs are going to be so benef- benefited from this. If only they were in Dallas, where oh the clubs God. are way better. The clubs in Dallas are um, of, of the highest quality. So I after COVID, I will be making a tour of Austin for barbecue and a pit stop in Dallas for clubs. I envy you. I envy you greatly. That's a brilliant I'm idea. Already planning this trip. You should eat the shit out of. I'll well, don't eat the shit out of the clubs over there, but eat the shit out yeah. of the barbecue. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I I get it. Like, so James Harden hates the owner there, right? Like, I, I understand it. Like, Tillman Fertitta is a piece of Who shit. Who likes the owner? There? Nobody. I don't think anybody likes the owner. Right? He's gonna. He's. Is he a? He's not Dan Snyder level. No, but he's he's getting close. Like, The Athletic just did this survey of, like, the worst owners in the NBA. Surprisingly, James Dolan was not number one. I think that was the biggest shock out of all of them. Now, you'll never guess. Ted? No, unfortunately not. Okay, thank God. Ted got got an honorable mention for best, which really aggravated me. Well, he's not a bad owner. Yes, he is. He's just not a good owner. He's He's a a, owner. He's a mediocre owner. Uh, I don't think the bull. I don't think Reinsdorf. Reinsdorf. I don't think Reinsdorf was on there. Um, no, he's very near and dear to our hearts. Vivek Ranadive. Oh my yes. God, Vivek! Yes. Vivek Ranadive got proud. Proud. Got number one, and uh, James Dolan got number two. Who was the white boy they drafted that I'm blanking on? Stauskas. Nick Stauskas. Do you like Stauskas? Stauskas. Do you like Stauskas? Oh, God. You know who's not in the NBA right now? Oh, my God. What a joke. Yet Duncan Robinson is. That's what's funny because they're both, they're both Michigan kids, right? Did Duncan Robinson? Yeah, I believe Duncan Robinson went to Michigan. I could be wrong. Yeah, that was his second. I mean, he, was, he played like double uh, A ball or double or division two basketball, and then he transferred to Michigan. And I thought Stauskas went to Michigan. Um, yeah, I think went, uh, Robinson's in Michigan. Yeah, I don't know about Stauskas, but Duncan Robinson's only been in the league two years, so we'll give him some time <laughs> to get hated on. Yeah. No, he can actually hit open uh, three pointers at a very, very good rate with very, very good quickness. I take that back. Spacing. James Dolan was not even number two; he was number three, which was really surprising. He I think. James Dolan's the worst owner in professional sports. Like, if you're asking me in professional down. sports, he's the worst owner. I don't think even think it's close. So the, the caveat to all of this was that they asked agents, and they're like, Dolan's not as bad from that, from like our point of view, our being the agent's point of view, as like to the rest of the sports world. Oh, like to the rest yeah, of the, Dolan like, just wants to get some people yeah, in. The yeah, world. of course, Julius Randle's agent is isn't upset. Pay anybody, man. So actually, number two is not that surprising. I'll give you... 10 seconds to guess who it is. Um, they're perennially, a, almost perennially, I should say, a bad team in the Western Conference, especially as of late. Oh, Sarver. Robert Sarver. Sarver's also a piece of shit. Sarver's yeah. a big piece of shit. So it's, it was Vivek, Robert Sarver, and James Dolan is the bottom three. Uh, top three 
Um, and again, plug, I make no coin for this, but y'all should subscribe to The Athletic. It's wonderful content. That's so much better than that the four-letter acronym. It's no longer an acronym, I don't think. Um, content that you'll find over there. But the top three from the um, best owner's perspective were in three, two, one order. Uh, Mark Cuban, Mickey Harrison of the Heat, and Steve Ballmer of the, Cl- the Clippers. Wow. Bomber made it up. Bomber, there. really? Bomber was number one. Where did the Warriors? Where did the Warriors fall? Uh, 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 Lake of Benda. Four. four. They were four. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the. Bomber is one? Bomber was one. Mickey Harrison was two. And, and Cubes is three. Wait, I think you said Cuban was one. No, I did in reverse order. Three, two, oh, my one. Bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. He has Cuban, uh, Harrison, and, uh, and three, two, well, one. Well, I mean, Bomber's going to pay PG3. Like, That's uh, what they said. They're like, Bomb- so two things. They said Bomber, number one, open right. like, open books. He does whatever it takes to make sure his organization is better. But they were also praising him, which some someone like me, I nerd out on this stuff. I love it. They were like, Bomber's really good at hiring people, putting them in the right position to do their job, and letting them do their job. And then if somebody comes to them and like, I need this money from you because I have this vision in order to make this part of my organization better. He's like, here's the check. Wouldn't it be great to have that much money? I know. I mean, they're like, yeah. he's got, he's got all sorts yeah. of money, but they're like, he actually puts people in place and he lets them do their money. I mean, lets them do their job and he gives them the money to do their job. They're like, Vivek has no idea who he puts in place. He has no vision for what he wants to do. Body. With the team, and he just runs and, and he just, and he pinches pennies in the stupidest areas possible. They're like, he has no idea what he's doing. And the entire mission changes from day to day to day to day. And like, we saw that. Sounds like an Indian owner. No, we're just cheap. Exactly. We're you just, said he was cheap. I'm very disappointed. No, but we have a vision for our cheapness, right? Like we don't no. pretend not to be cheap. We don't pretend to like we're like we're very. Well, he's proud trying of our to cheapness. be cheap, but look like he's not. He's a phony. Right. But we we we're, we're we own our cheapness, right? Yeah, we're he's like, not no. owning it. He's 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 trying to he's trying to fake. Because Buddy Hield is as good as uh, Steph Curry. Mm. Oscars. What? Oscars. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, getting back on topic. So we'll use that as the segue. Actually, I know we already talked about the, the heat. So I have then going to number two, Philadelphia. Yeah, I have Philadelphia. No, sorry. Philadelphia. What, no, I mis- miscounted. So Philadelphia is actually two in my book. Um, I have Philadelphia at two, uh, long live my irrational liking for Ben Simmons, even though he doesn't shoot. Um, I also probably... Glory. I gave them a big healthy jump up because of Daryl Morey. I know. oh wait, and they have a competent head coach. I'm sorry, but I never had any confidence in Brett Brown. Maybe it's the New England accent, and every time he talked, I thought he was a retard. But I, I just so I had them a little lower, but I can totally see the argument. I do love that they pulled in winners. They pulled in Danny Green. Danny Green got so much shit for missing that one three in the finals last year. Everybody forgets how good he is. He can, he can still play D and he can still hit open threes. He's, he's a, a great 3 and D player. Guy. He's a 3 and D perfect guy. He's a, Seth, Seth Curry is an interesting pickup. Dude don't play defense. He's not going to play defense, but he's there to shoot. And that's exactly what you need around Embiid. Now, how are Embiid's knees going to hold up? Because that's my question for the every single Sixer seasons now. Because I've... He I've, ate I, the Wizards I, lunch tonight. I was a big... Yeah, but he had how many months rest? I gave I gave Bill uh, Ben Simmons a lot of benefit of the doubt, man. But he he seemed to plateau last season, so he really needs to step up this year, man. I have said this in many podcasts, and I'll say this in many NBA conversations that I believe to a certain but large extent that a jump shot can be tr- 
can be developed. You know, you're never going to be a great shooter. Like, you, you know, you can't go from Ben Simmons to Ray Allen. Like, let's just not get it twisted. No, no. But, like, you can go from comp- – like – Jason Kidd is your best example. Incompetent. Your worst example is Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Right, Michael, but Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, you can't shoot the ball like this and expect that the ball is going to go in, right? Like, that's just fundamentally broken. The thing that makes me the most mad about Ben Simmons, who I still have an irrational liking for, is that – liking he- for the Kardashians? Yeah, that's that's that works in the opposite column for me. It's that he doesn't try. He's almost like he's almost rubbing it in your face that I won't shoot the ball. Like he's almost going out of his way to be like, nope, I am not shooting the ball. See, every 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 other argument there though would be like it's in his head. Like if you if you, no, I don't think like it's it in his head. In his head, he doesn't want to shoot the open shot. He gets open shots. I like, think he's defiantly like being yeah. like, nope, I'm not shooting. It's like a counterculture thing. Like I. I I kind yeah, of like find myself cool. sometimes doing it. It's like, wait, if society wants me to do this, I'm going to do the opposite. Like if you're just if because. You're, but if your coach tells you, dude, take the shot. Look at the millennials in the world, man. The, the try to explain like, anything that they do in this day and age, right? Like, I, it's. Yeah, I, I don't know. Man. I, that's my thing about it's almost would, like he's almost defiantly not trying they, anymore. They basically made all the moves to like remove the idea that he needs to shoot and just be like, all right, Simmons, you play your game. You don't want to shoot. You want to be a little pansy out there, like beyond like the little key, the little box there, then fine. Just you can pass it to other people now and you will get in the lane and do what you got to do. Cause he's a nasty finisher. He's a nasty handle. He's great defender. And he's really good off the ball, off the ball. He's like in, in very impressive dude. But so I just talk- wanted to like, if he had a jump shot, he would be in the MVP conversation every, every year. All the time. Every year. All the time. We talked about, about this with Luka. And I know Luka Doncic is a very, very, very different player, fundamentally speaking, than Ben Simmons. But, like, the one th- reason why we were bullish on Dallas is that they built the team kind of around Luka and they put parts in place to, that kind of complement Luka as opposed to someone to being like, he needs a Batman next to him, right? You, gotta, you don't need to put the Justice League together around him. Like, no, this guy's the star and they put like, you know, planets in orbit around him, if you will. And I feel like Ben Simmons needs that type of team that's kind of built around him to maximize all the stuff that we just talked about. That's it, what Daryl Morey started to build though. No, but Joel Embiid is still there. And I'm not, this is not a knock against Embiid. I think it's just Embiid is another planet, and you can't have two planets occupying the same orbital ring, if you will. Embiid also clogs the paint a lot. And Ben Simmons actually likes to do a lot of work in the paint. And yes. actually, and he's a very good rebounder. So when you have two of the dudes like just clogging the paint, there's a long rebound, you're done. And like it's just it, there's I don't think they're that, that it, they can't work together. They can't. I like both players individually. Embiid, I will also say, has a very, very, very nasty habit of um, feasting on fattening foods. And when it comes down to like you know playing against like the prime of the prime, the nights where he needs to do you know drop the thirty and twenty, he goes MIA. And um, and again, I I, I vote he'll for eat. Joel Embiid. He'll he'll kill Thomas Bryant. He'll kill. Carl, Carl Anthony Towns. Right. He'll destroy him. As he but should, then when right? it's time for him to go against Giannis, Giannis devours him. Yeah, like he's trying to go against Giannis or Anthony Davis, then it's like he might as well take the night off. Right. And Would that do the Simmons for Harden trade? Because that's what's on the table. Because you have, I think you have the same problem. Because Harden needs the paint, even though he can hit spot-up threes very at a, at a very good level. If he can't drive into that lane, it takes away an element element of his game. But 
I don't Embiid know how can give spacing. I don't know how Embiid and Harden would coexist. And I literally I, don't know the answer to that question. I think that's better than Simmons. And, yes, I agree that, that is, it is a more malleable, fixable situation. So come February, I will not be surprised when James Harden is a sixer. Yeah. Wow. That seems to be the most logical explanation to me. It's the only thing that makes sense. Like Denver doesn't make sense. Harden to Denver doesn't make sense. There's no way the Nets are going to come up with a package that's attractive enough the Heat don't make sense. Again, I don't think they can come up with a package that's attractive enough. And Harden and Jimmy Jimmy Butler would just cut his head off. Like, he'd just murder James Harden within the first week. And it's not even the fact that, like, oh, we're friends now. Like, that's going to make up for it. Because, like, look at the Russell Westbrook and James Harden situation. Like, that went left so fast. Because, like, Westbrook, at the end of the day, regardless of his flaws, is still a very hardworking working professional if you want to call it that player and Harden's not that guy right like Harden is just like you know when and where is the strip club do you think Ben Simmons and John Wall can play together no the same guy that's effectively then what the Houston Rockets would be trading for so like why would you do that because they have to get rid of of Harden yeah I think it's just Ben Simmons is another asset you're just asset collecting could Ben Simmons play with James Harden yes they're not trading John Wall for Ben Simmons. No, I'm saying could they play? No, I'm tagging Embiid for Harden. That's thinking outside the box. Ben Simmons <laughs> and James Harden as your perimeter as your perimeter shooting. They have they have Dwight Howard. Oh, <laughs> oh right, Dad, he's there. They hate each other. now, but they just got rid of Al Horford, which would have been a really interesting like just shifted in. Al Horford would have actually fit. I think really well with Harden Simmons. You're not wrong. I mean, that would have worked out. That would that would have been a good pairing. But and then uh, fill in with the rest of their roster. But even with a current construct, like let's just hypothetically say you do the Ben Simmons for James Harden deal, right? No, no, no. And B. Okay, wait. I'm I'm going back to Plan A. Like yours is Plan B, right? An interesting and fascinating wrinkle to that. But let's just say, for the sake of like what's conventional wisdom at the moment. Joel Embiid, kind of like if you stagger the, the one through four, not literally from the position standpoint, but just from a star standpoint, Joel Embiid, James Harden, um, Tobias Harris, and Seth Curry kind of feels like a nice logical pecking order or James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and Seth Curry. Like now you're talking in terms of like a pecking order, a hierarchy, if you will, that, that, that makes a lot of sense to me as opposed to kind of what they have right now. Uh, I don't like, I like Philadelphia's, I like and I don't like Philadelphia's bench, if that makes any sense. Um, it's like they, they're interesting pieces. I just don't know how fu- how well those pieces are going to be useful or how much they're going to be useful when it comes to playoff time. It's like you can't tell me that Furkan Korkmaz is somebody that they're going to be counting on in the playoffs. Like, no, he won't see the court. <laughs> right. Um, Thibel like, will see the court because he can play D. Thibel is the only one, though, right? Like, I'm sorry, but I, I'm not, no pun intended, drinking any of the Shake Milton. Hey, Shake right? Milton. Shake Milton will see the court because he has to. Right, but that's not, not because a guy he you should. Want. Right, and Mike Scott, we all know about the Mike Scott thing. And then who else you got? Like fuck Dwight Howard. So Dwight was a serviceable backup, but on a team that um, I will I will not allow any Dwight Howard positive sentiments on this. Oh, that's gonna get edited out. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will not allow for it. it's like it's it, the opposite of slandered. I will not allow for any. Um, hyperbole or any uh, positive sentiments towards him so without like philadelphia really making a move which i think they can i, I don't will, see them worried. competing for the i don't see them winning the east i don't see them winning the They're east either yet 
I don't see, I don't think for all the reasons we specified, if they're going to dethrone the guy who, the team we all have as our number one seed, right? Who I don't hasn't think yet won the East. the important part. Seed is has the, not won the East yet. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about Milwaukee has not won the East. Yeah. yeah. And I think they can. Absolutely. I thought they could last year. I thought they could the year before. So I, I want to. I, I want This obviously comes on the heels of Giannis signing the super duper 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 max over there, right? Um, Congratulations, which, Milwaukee. Yeah, Finally a super max that has actually worked out for any team. None. You're, you know, none. None of the above. After but they like need. You're you're actually right. Yeah, I don't think it's worked out years, for anybody. They're basically like, why the hell did we do this? Why the fuck it worked out we... great for Mike Conley, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Even though you're paying a one single player upward close to $300 million. It actually makes a ton of sense from purely business standpoint, like purely business, even with nobody going to games this year for obvious reasons, right? Like even then it just makes uh, a very large business sense. And I always go back to like the, I know it's not apples to apples, but like when LeBron James left Cleveland the first time, they estimated that the net economic impact of him losing was leaving was a billion dollars. Like oh, a yeah, billion right. dollars, and yeah. like no, Giannis leaving Milwaukee would be a utter catastrophe. Yeah, so they had to do it, and I would do it a million times over a million it. times. You have to, you have to, but I straps them. But this feels like not to compare really? the situation again. But this feels a little bit like kind of like what happened with LeBron and Cleveland when they were looking down the barrel of him potentially leaving the first time, like way back when in the first time, or even to a certain extent Bill, the second time. Bill Gauskas and they're like bringing in uh... – It's more so that they're mortgaging. Like I, I didn't – I like I like Drew Holiday as an entity, but like God – and I understand there's another – going back to the athletic, they did a wonderful um, like retelling of like all – everything that from the – Bogdan Bogdanovich trade breaking down to like their pursuit of Drew Holiday and like all these pieces that they were trying to put together to kind of entice Giannis to sign that Supermax to just kind of get that security in place. And I, I get it. Like you need, they needed to show Giannis a sign of good faith that like, look, we're doing something to kind of build you a contender. But Drew Holiday is not a second banana. He is a second banana. And he's I mean, way uh, better like than a, the previous for, second banana that they had. Eric Bledsoe. Well, third banana and Eric Bledsoe. So it's a massive upgrade for them. Well, and I mean, whipping on Bogdanovich hurts. They tried to make Chris Middleton the second banana. That just didn't. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Chris Middleton is the second He's banana. still the second banana, though. He's better than, than Holiday. And like a lot of us, I mean, you know, hindsight is 50-50. Shout out to Steve Spurrier. But like <laughs> it's, you know, there's still kind of rec- coming back from the, uh, from the uh, Malcolm Brogdon thing. You know, like letting yeah. Malcolm Brogdon go from the first time. Brogdon was the piece that 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 um and I know it was I, I still think they had accurate um health intel on him that the guy's just not going to hold up and he he when he plays he plays great but he's not going to play all the time yeah I mean there's a reason to a large extent he dropped to the second round of the draft when he did um did you I see how um Milwaukee and Boston played out tonight because I did uh, not they lost so Boston won by one and the last play, Giannis is on the line to shoot two to tie it up, and he misses the last one. He misses so you're saying Giannis doesn't have it? He missed the second one with 0.4 seconds left. So there's that clutch there, and it goes back to the whole, yeah, great regular season. Great regular season. Get me to that. Get me to the next level, man. 
So the, in the postseason, they they consistently go to Giannis do it for us, and yep. that doesn't Scotty work, Brooks, right? The Scotty Brooks methodology, right? Yep. And so the hope is is that you can try and play off of Drew Holiday more so than you could with Eric Bledsoe. You can run some pick and rolls. You can do some other things. I think I think Holiday gives them a little bit more versatility than Bledsoe gave them on the offensive end, and he's a phenomenal defensive player. Because Eric Bledsoe gave you zero in the playoffs. And he was worthless. He had and, big big time yips. And so losing George Hill as part of that yep. trade, which I thought was like like because you you had to think that they're like yeah fine we'll give up George Hill in this trade because we know that we're going to trade DiVincenzo to Sacramento and we've got Bogdanovich coming our way. That had to, that had to hurt. It had to hurt because George Hill was a very, very crucial player for them in the playoffs. And you need those old men to kind of keep things like steady when the boat's rocking in the playoffs, right? Like you need those playoff old heads. Like I always go back to when the, the, the Pelicans swept the trailblazers a couple of years ago, Anthony Davis last year there, like the player, I think that never gets enough credit for helping facilitate that sweep was Rondo as the point guard, right? Where you need a guy who's that battle tested, who can kind of be cool in that moment. And I think George Hill provided a lot of that, especially as Eric Bledsoe got the aforementioned yips. Right. And who's Bobby Portis going to punch in the face? I mean, <laughs> Bobby, he'll, find somebody. he'll find somebody. Right. <sighs> like they just, and, Unless DiVincenzo really takes, which I don't see it. I couldn't he was believe a bench Dante. player on Villanova. I could not when believe they da, drafted da, him. That Dante DiVincenzo made the. I, I thought like I thought his ceiling from going on the way 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 back machine. If you guys remember Jerry McNamara, who was the sidekick to Carmelo Anthony on the 2002 Syracuse Orangemen when they won the title, right? Like he was kind of just relevant because he was the second best player on a Carmelo Anthony team. That's what DiVincenzo smelled like on like on that Villanova team that like, Oh, you're just like in the second or third best player on a really, really good team. He's a six man for Villanova, right? I, I think so. Yeah. But, but like, and then he, he got a first round pick and I was like, man, people really love those championship pedigrees or just being a member of a championship team. But like, he's legitimately a thing. I mean, and they, I mean, they get to keep, keep them, but I mean, unless he really takes a leap, I'm sure they'll get some ring chasers. Maybe George Hill gets cut because New Orleans doesn't make the playoff run because New Orleans is in a very tight race on the West just to even get the eighth seed. Yeah. I could I see George Hill running back there, but there's yeah. pieces like Pat Connaughton played nicely for, for stretches last year. Um, I hate DJ Augustine. Can, can, they, can they make a package for Harden? No, they can't no. make a package. They're completely no. tapped, especially after trading like 83 draft picks for Drew Holiday. Yeah, you like do like Chris Middleton and, I don't know, Brooke Lopez or some shit. I don't Unless know. Houston is willing, and unfortunately or unfortunately, they've shown that they're not to take 20 cents onto the dollar. Houston's just content, which a lot of people are like that smart as they but take But they get Oladipo. I'm sure Indiana. I'm sure Indiana has the finest gentlemen's establishments that uh, James Harden will like to frequent. No, no, no. I meant could Milwaukee get Oladipo? I feel like that's been on the table. Has that I don't know the table? what they would have to do. I, I, don't, I don't think, think they so. have the assets. They, they don't have any. They don't have anything to give up. Middle, middle but Oladipo's an expiring contract, so he's really only as valuable as the free agent class, and the free agent class isn't looking that great. So if you've got to get something for nothing. Unless they have some strange hope, which they shouldn't, of re-signing him. 
there's absolute zero chance he resigns with Indiana. Yeah. Which he's, means he's going to come to Washington. I hope he comes to Washington with what money. Those are bulls, man. I mean, no, that's I just, they're going to trade for him. They're going to trade some garbage uh, for him. Give him Zach Levine for Oladipo. That might work. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would be such a boon for the Bulls. I was going to say, don't you say it where they're going to trade, you know, his, his last name rhymes with steel for, um, for no. Victor Oladipo. No, 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 no. No, oh, that would hell be no. But I think the Levine Oladipo thing might actually come to fruition at some point. I don't want Oladipo on the Bulls, not because anything else, but like the Bulls are just so weird. They are weird. Like they're I just know. like we don't have an identity, man. It's weird. they're also weird because they have all the because they have Zach Levine and like Zach Levine's just not a basketball player you want on your team. I never liked him. I, I didn't like him in Minnesota, and I didn't like I don't like him on Chicago. I just it's not a player that I like. I would enjoy rooting for. He's a good dunker, then. Yeah, wonderful. Right. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah. You won a dunk contest. Right. So did you know Brent, who won a dunk contest? John Wall. Brent Barry. If you had to if you had to put your house on the line, who do you think wins the East? Oh, oh. I'm teetering between Milwaukee and the Nets. Oh, I'm I'm picking the Nets out of those two. Really? I, Milwaukee just hasn't shown me shit, man. Like I think they're I could I, see Milwaukee like taking a breather. That's why I'm kind of leaning towards the Nets actually if, as winning the East. Are you saying coming out of the East? I'm saying win the Eastern. Who is going to play the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA Finals? Yeah. Nets. They stay healthy, done. And it's just like, it's, it's a, it's, then you're just putting money on who's going to be healthy. I don't think the Celtics will do it. I think they don't have enough. I don't think the Sixers. Philly's not doing it. It's not Philadelphia. I think Giannis is just not going to be able to carry the team in a seven game series. People are like, hey, wait, why don't we just not let them get in the paint? Why don't we double them? I think the Heat are going to be one of those teams that – that would be my second bet, the Heat again, because they just have that – the coach, they have the pedigree. But I just think the Heat – you can't stop the Nets. Who's going to stop the Nets? Like if, like, if Kevin Durant is playing at a hunt like what he was playing at like two years ago, who beats them? I have a really hard time arguing against that. I can't. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of on the same page. I really want to say the Bucks will do it. So do I. But I'm not putting money on it. No, I'm not. I'm not putting money on it. And as we talked about earlier, again, he hasn't won anything. He's never been past a conference finals. But like, you have Mike D'Antoni on the bench, right? Like, like on your coaching bench, it's so Steve Nash. All he has to do is do the pep talks, and he's going to do some great pep talks, and then the rest. Or he can pretend to have the earth is flat conversations with, with Kyrie Irving to bond and like, you know, and just, and, and that's all he's got to do is massage that knucklehead's ego and, you know, just whatever else. Right. And kind of be the relatable old man to the rest of the players on the team. And as actually, as you said, as from a tactician standpoint, you know, let the assistants kind of handle generals are uh, insane from a tactical standpoint. His generals are insane. Did I read correctly? I want to say that that Omari Stoudemire is also a player development coach on that team. Yes, he is. Yes, 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 he is. Might as well just so bring Sean Marion on the staff too. They have they have some serious. Um, what 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 was it like? Ten seconds or less. Seven Suns. seconds or less. Seven, seven seconds, seconds or less. Sorry, Suns running that organization and to have Dan Tony on that staff is just incredible that's the danger though because like you probably don't want to do seven seconds or less with a guy who's just coming off an achilles 
So you you know that burst that's needed to do seven seconds or less. Yeah, eighteen months off. That's the, well, that's the thing. That's your gamble. Like that's and he can take as much time as he wants. What but if he Kyrie, authorizes Kyrie and Kevin Durant to shoot fifty threes a game? No, Kyrie will cut in. Kyrie will try to dribble in. I don't think Kyrie's actually going to shoot those. He'll actually just try to cut into the hole and finish. Yeah. He's a nasty finisher. As much as we hate Kyrie, the Duke can. Oh, no, no, no. His, his, his ability to, he's maybe the best in the league. Maybe the best I, in the entire NBA. My top two would be Steph and Kyrie. Yeah. And Steph hasn't shown in a while. I was going to say LeBron and Kyrie, but yeah. All right. All right. I'm talking about guards. Yeah. I'm going to um, want to qualify this. I'm going to yeah, step it back um, for a second. I'm gonna. I, I'm. I, I cannot make an argument that I believe to go against the consensus right now or the present consensus in terms of the the, the Nets. Like, even though I have them where I have them right now, but I'm talked off the um uh, talked off my own prognostications because it's like, yeah, they have the depth, they have the coaching, they have the the star talent. All they have to do is fucking show up. Yep. So, John, we talked a lot about the MVP race previously, and you and I both talked in the in part one of our podcast um, preview. We talked about, a lot about Luca as an MVP candidate. We talked a lot about uh, Jimmy Butler as an MVP candidate. I feel like there's, oh, Anthony Davis was our favorite. We Anthony, about Anthony Davis, Davis was, was our favorite. How do you feel right now, given the, the developments of like the last 72 hours or so, um, in terms of like throwing Kevin Durant's hat into that ring? So, Kevin Durant was always my dark horse. So, the second I saw him at at 1300 at plus 1300 i wanted to wager that because he absolutely could win the mvp and the return on investment is incredible for him and there's no way Giannis gets it as we talked about there's no way lebron plays enough games to get it i don't think luca plays enough games to get it because he's too injury prone and he showed up that again luca showed up a little chubby again to start this season and then after that, it's not Harden. Steph Curry sure as hell showed us that it's not going to be him because in order to be an MVP, you have to have a contending team, and Golden State is not going to be a contender. Yeah, you have to win. Yeah. So, so. it's either going to be Kawhi with the Clippers, AD with the Lakers, or Kevin Durant with the Nets. Those are your only three MVP candidates that should be uh, wagered on. You think AD can have a full healthy season? Yes. Yes. And I think that LeBron can give them the narrative to get him the MVP. I will put money that he will not. That he will what? Will not have a healthy season. I think because of the increased emphasis on, I mean, spaced out games and resting things and players this season, I think this is his best opportunity to stay healthy out of any season that he's had so far. I guess this is another um, tame season, so to speak, the 72 game whatever. Also, you forgot. So you, we talked about this from a bench perspective, looking at their lineup. Like the Nets would theoretically have Karis Levert and Landry Shamit on the bench. You, that's there's legitimately like you yeah, want to talk about talk about eight guys. Like so, your playoff your playoff rotation has to basically be eight guys: Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, whatever. And then you could talk about like Landry Shamit, Karis Levert, Jared Allen. Yeah, I, I think I'm sold. You don't need so who else is behind that. You don't need DeAndre Jordan to do anything. Yeah, so yeah like you talk about the DeAndre, East guy. So that's why I need one more guy because DJ is out. Out in playoff time, he's out. Bruce Brown, Uncle Jeff Green, Tyler Johnson's a rookie. Like, Jeff I don't Green, think there's anybody man. else. Torian Prince. I mean, like, I don't know who, who else you're going to coax out of that. Did you just say, say Tyler Johnson was a rookie? 
this Tyler Johnson is a rookie. Oh, I thought it was like the same from the Heat. No, this is this is the old Tyler Johnson. I don't know why it says rookie next to his name. Yeah. He's okay. Sorry. He's, I thought I was going crazy. I'm like, no, they still have like the Tyler Johnson that I'm thinking of. All right. So yeah, Ty, Tyler Johnson. So so between Tyler Johnson and Jeff Jeff Green can give you a game yep. or two in the postseason. Like that's all yeah, you need and, out of any of those guys. And it's right. at the end of your bench, you just need one guy to just show up and they win. And everybody knows that your roster is not set on what is today, December twenty third. That is accurate. The, your roster is not set. Yeah, so they can't can, even figure out. You, you, that's not even incorporating ring chasers. Yep, they can. They can get so the Nets will be fine. All right. So official prediction across the board is going to be the Nets and the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Can't wait to see how wrong we are. That's going to be disgusting. I don't want to watch it. Most unlikable NBA Finals matchup ever, although there's still the interesting subplots of Kyrie versus LeBron and Kevin Durant versus LeBron. I still like Durant, but I don't like Durant. It's hard. He's he's lived the Aaron Eckhart line of either you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah, he yeah, he's the he's definitely the villain. I still yeah. like him. I still like him. I enough. still like him cuz man, that guy can ball. He can he's filthy scorer, dude. He just like he can pull up from anywhere. He can pull up from half court if he wanted to, and Nash wouldn't say a word. I almost like Durant. Nash will never say a word. Durant's like um, surliness, curmudgeonliness, grumpiness. Compared to like LeBron's, like, have you ever read LeBron's tweets? He's like the corny no, old uncle. Never. Now, right? I never read LeBron's tweets. You should. Yeah. It's like he's just, <laughs> he's, he's just a corny old uncle. He is just like, man, that guy is really good. We should all praise him. And meanwhile, like, Sports Center's been talking about him for like the last six hours or something like that. And I'm like, you, for someone who is, by all accounts, a really intelligent human being by and large, you don't sound like an intelligent human being when you say things like that. That's because he's a bitch. Or he's really intelligent and knows how to like manipulate his no. mass. No. no, 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 no. I think he's one of the most tone deaf individuals that there are possible. I think he is someone who does not... His brand relates very well to the people he's peddling to, and that's the LeBron slurpers that are between the age of like 14 to. He's basically like the equivalent of like how, how 17-year-old girls fawned over boy bands. Like he's basically the male NBA version of that for like male fans. Where like the rest of us were like, why are you listening to this? Like this is drivel while they're selling like 14 million records. There it is. And about to win their fifth title. Yeah. So. Any final thoughts? Besides it's all the, about health. This this season is all about health. Yeah, in more ways sure. than one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, as we said, the Rockets already postponed a game. Yeah. I still maintain for all the people out there, all the, the this is no worse the COVID nineteen is no worse than the flu and there's a ninety nine point five percent survival rate and stuff like that. I'm like, we have no idea of what the long term implications are for someone who's been diagnosed with COVID nineteen. We don't know how these people will hold up over a long period of time. We're starting to see trickles of it, but not anything, you know, fully documented and like that you can point it back in a coordinated effort. Like look what happened to the kid at Florida, like University of Florida and like myocarditis. Yeah. Who had it yeah, myocarditis, a heart inflammation, who he had it like after having COVID over the summer. I granted that's a one and this seems like a freak occurrence, but I still feel like that, you know, the the ramifications from that are not fully asserted. And like a lot of players have had it for a variety of reasons and like how that affects them over the course of a year I think is going to be at some level a subplot. 
the NBA ended the NFL season granted started much earlier, but like it was a mess because this year was a mess. Like you saw the, the shuffling changes and like teams not practicing all week before they're going onto a game and stuff like that. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of that this season. So, um, well, yeah, with the, with the NFL word, like the Broncos had like their whole quarterbacks room taken yeah, out. The Broncos were starting a wide receiver at, at quarterback. So, so an NFL team is a 53 man roster. An NBA team is a, what 12 15? oh man dude we might get our shot so um you can easily knock out half a team and so the rockets could not suit eight players today because of covid concerns you only have to suit eight players so you can easily knock out half a team by sharing a room and that's not like a hotel room that's like a conference room in a hotel right just just a room yeah. Any room, any, any team training room. It's and so telling it's, these guys to socially distance at all times, six feet apart is next to impossible in the game of basketball, especially when they're not locked in a bubble like they were. Right. And, and the bubble's just not happening again. I don't think they'll ever, cause like the bubble to a large extent, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, but like, I don't want to use euphemistic terms because this is a loaded idea, but like it was a prison at some level for them. Granted a very luxurious right. high amenity all of those I, things where I you would can leave your room. I enjoy going to that prison. Right. You know, not like incarceration for the person, per se. This is not a, a, a travesty, but, but at some level, I could like, see you how it could be mentally taxing. You couldn't see your family, right? Like if you were someone who had children or a you know, significant other that you wanted to see, like all of those types of things, but right? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Gentlemen, it was good catching up. Um, hopefully alcohol will prevent us from, well, will not prevent us from doing this again over the course of the season. Um, no guarantees no guarantees as it shouldn't be but uh thank you for everyone who's made it this far into the podcast want to drop some of the stuff on youtube particularly the clip about the um my stupidity with Dwayne haskins or i'm going to post it on some social media platforms as extra um ticks from the from our recordings but um yeah thank you for listening make sure you follow us on the usual channels and we will talk to you later Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.